Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Tonight is week two of our uh, Overwhelming Mercy series. And tonight we're talking about the fins of mercy. Um, But before we get started, I wanted to show you guys. So if you don't know, I am probably the biggest... Not, I'm not the biggest Georgia fan um, in the room right now, but the Georgia Bulldogs did win the college football national championship. But on the screen is the second biggest Georgia fan in the room. If you don't know, he actually graduated. He graduated from Tennessee, but he's such a big Georgia fan that you can see how happy he is to be wearing that shirt. Um, so Jason is the biggest Georgia fan in the room. I thought that I would actually like bring the shirt and show you guys that Jason wore Jason Lingenfelter wore this, guys. He wore it. Anyways, that has nothing to do with my sermon. I just had to rub it in a little bit. Um, but So tonight we're jumping into um, the fins of mercy. And if you have your Bible, go ahead and flip to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. I got to try to make room with our little fish friend on here. I'm going to scoot him over. What if I drop that thing? <sighs> Anyways, so Matt is not here tonight. Everybody say, hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Louder. He's driving. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. All right. So Matt is on his way back from his doctorate program. Um, he's a big, fancy, smart guy. So he is getting his doctorate, which is actually really tough. Um, and he told me some stories, but he could not be here. So he had to go to Wake Forest um, to be in like a seminary, a seminary type thing. So um, we're very thankful for Matt and I'm thankful for the opportunity to fill in for him. So tonight, like I said, the fins of mercy. Um, now, before we get started, you guys have already turned in your Bibles, but I need to share a tiny little story with you real quick. So Um, listen, one day there's this newly converted Christian. I mean, this dude is like new to the faith and he's sitting on the bench and he's reading his Bible. Um, and he says, hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, uh, as he read on and on, he would shout randomly like every 10 minutes, hallelujah, praise the Lord. He didn't even know what it meant. He was just shouting it. Well, 10 minutes later, a highly sophisticated, smart guy walks by um, and heard him and, and came and he said, hey man, what are, you, what are you reading? And he said, I'm reading the Bible. Like I just gave my life to Christ and I'm reading about how God parted the Red Sea and he let the Israelites go through. Um, and that is a miracle. And so this highly intelligent man, he goes, dude, like don't believe everything you hear in the Bible. Like don't believe everything the Bible tells you. The truth is that the body of water was only three inches deep. That's why they were able to cross over, right? And so he says, it was not a miracle. Well, anyways, this guy's new to the faith. He's, he's on fire for God. He argues and fights back. And he says, no, like, uh, I don't really believe that, but I'm going to keep reading. And so um, the skeptic, you know, kind of walks away proud of himself. He's like, yeah, I just shut that dude up. He didn't have a comeback. But anyways... The skeptic walks by and all of a sudden the dude jumps out and says, hallelujah. And the intellectual guy turns around and says, what is it this time? What is it, dude? What is it? I just proved you wrong. And this newly converted Christian says, this is the real miracle of the Bible. He said, there may have only been three inches of water, but God drowned a whole army in three inches of water. And so I say that to tell you, listen, there's a temptation as we hear these stories of like the parting of the Red Sea, or we hear the miracle of Jonah being swallowed by the fish, um, there's a temptation in our human minds to take these biblical miracles and, and rationalize them, right? Like we have to make sense of them in our own human mind um, and in our own human logic. But we absolutely must flee from that worldly intellect. Yes, 
These things do make sense sometimes, sometimes they don't. But we have to fall in faith when we, when we preach and we read about these miracles. And so there are some liberal theologians out there, you won't find them here at this church, but they try to spin the parable of, or they try to say that Jonah was just a parable or they were just teaching about a story. And uh, that is not true. So let me tell you, here in, in Refuel Student Ministry and Lewis Memorial Baptist Church, uh, when, when the Bible says something, we believe it. And so when it says that Jonah was swallowed by the fish, that means Jonah was swallowed by a fish. It's not an allegory. Uh, and so the story of Jonah is no different than any other miracle like the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, we believe here that this is a true event that actually took place. And so remember last week, if you're skimming through your Bible, you can look back to it. But last week, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. What did he do? Did he go to Nineveh? No. Jonah did not go to, to Nineveh. He rebelled against God um, by disobeying what the Lord had commanded him to do. And so while, while Jonah was asleep in, in the stowaway of this mighty storm, uh, he, remember he got on the ship to head to Tarshish. He went and took a nap. And these, these mariners came to him and said, bro, how are you sleeping right now? Like, wake up. Now, it was probably more the dr dramatic. They were probably like, dude, get up. Like, well, how are you asleep right now? This storm is crazy. And so they go down there to wake him up. Uh, and, and they probably said some words that aren't in my vocabulary and we're not allowed to say them here. They were probably really bad, bad words. And so they all draw, basically draw sticks. Um, and Jonah, Jonah draws the short stick. And so they all find out, hey, this was that guy's fault. He drew the short stick. Anyways, they, these big tough mariners, they ask Jonah, what should we do? If it's your fault, how do we stop this storm? Because I'm terrified. It's your fault. What do we do? And Jonah says, just throw me overboard. And they're like, what? We're not throwing you overboard. Like, dude, that is crazy. And so they start rowing harder and harder. Well, anyways, I don't know if they had a heart change, but they literally pick up Jonah and yeet him into the sea. Like, they finally had enough that they were like, Kobe, right? Like they just picked him up, tossed him into the ocean. And so this is where we pick up. Actually, if you have your Bibles, look at Jonah chapter one, verse 17. So Jonah was just yeeted into the sea. It says, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So look at your Bibles, look at your phones, whatever you got. Circle the action word after the phrase, now the Lord, whatever yours is. So my version of my Bible, which is the NLT, uh, probably says something different than yours, but it says arranged. Yours might say something like appointed, ordained, or prepared. Um, but mine says the Lord had arranged for the great fish to swallow Jonah. The Lord used a fish to save the prophet Jonah. Listen, the swallowing of, uh, the fish swallowing Jonah was not a punishment from God. The fish swallowing Jonah was a divine preservation of Jonah's life. The word written in the original Hebrew text reads as manah. Everybody say manah. No, you gotta say it with like manah. One more time, manah. Manah, right? And so this Hebrew word manah, manah. 
I'm so good with the puberty. The Hebrew word mana translates to the word designated or appointed or ordained. This is an action word. This didn't just happen by chance. God did not want to take Jonah's life. He didn't want to leave it up to chance. He didn't want anybody to say, oh, he just, you know, he got ate by the fish. You know, he just sunk to the bottom. We don't know what happened to him. God wanted to preserve Jonah's life on purpose. It was not by chance. Um, And so God could have chosen any other person. He could have chosen any other Israelite to get on a ship and head to Nineveh. But he had chosen Jonah and preserved his life for a purpose. Listen, when God did this, he exercised his authority. Everybody say authority. Authority. Hold up the number one. Authority. Authority. And sovereignty. Authority. 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 And sovereignty. So God exercised his authority. Sovereignty and authority over creation by using a fish, but he also exercised his authority and sovereignty over Jonah's life by using a fish. And so Dr. Constable's notes, uh, if you guys don't know him, you can look him up. Fabulous guy, but he says, I'm gonna quote it. Here, God controlled what is humanly, humanly uncontrollable to spare Jonah's life. The God who is great enough to control the behavior of a fish could control anything. And he used his power for a loving purpose. This, this is more remarkable since Jonah, as God's servant, had rebelled against his master. God's method of deliverance therefore reveals both his great power and his gracious heart. And if you have, I have our words for you guys tonight. Okay, I'm not cool like Matt. I, don't, I can't come up with the, I'm not smart enough for the S words and the F words. So we have R words. So your first one, if you're taking notes, write down Jonah rebelled. Jonah rebelled against God, but God was merciful. Jonah 2.1 says, if you got your Bible, flip there real quick. Jonah 2.1 says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the the ocean's depths, and I sank to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more to your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains and I was in prison in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. Listen, have you ever felt like this? Right? Like, have you ever been in this position where you feel like, like life's waters have engulfed you? Whatever it was. Like, have you felt the heart of Jonah? Have you, have you ever cried the, heart, the cry of Jonah here? Maybe not, but let me relate it like this. Let me say it like this. Listen, God, I ran from you. I got as far away as I could from you. I ran so far from you and the waves of depression have drowned my mind. The waves of anxiety crippled me. I can't even get out of bed. God, I feel like I'm just existing in this life. I feel as though I have no real purpose. God, I'm drowning in my lustful thoughts. I can't escape the abuse or the bullying. I I can't get anywhere away from it. I love the things of this world. I love money. I want all of these possessions. These suicidal thoughts, they're piercing my brain and they won't go away. I'm overwhelmed with life. God, I'm done. I cannot take it anymore. 
Now, I, I, I know none of you have ever said anything like that, right? Like, like, none of you have ever thought any of that. You've never felt it. You've never said it. But uh, because I, I, I sure have, I've probably thought every single one of those or felt every single one of those things. And sometimes it, it does. It feels like there is no way out. It feels like you are trapped in the heart of the earth. But look at Jonah chapter 2 and verse 6. It says, but you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of your, all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all of my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And then what? Verse 10. And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Listen, there's our second R word. Right? So we had number one, Jonah rebelled. Number two, Jonah repented. This is where we see the repentance of Jonah. Y'all want to know how God works? I mean, I was like, I'll be honest, I work at Scraggle Pop when I'm not here working, so I make popcorn all day. That's why that popcorn out there is so good. <laughs> you know, because of me. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, I was working on my sermon while I was working at Scraggle Pop because it's really slow right now and nobody wants popcorn after Christmas time. For whatever reason, everybody wants popcorn at Christmas time. But anyways, I'm working on this. And I'm studying this, and I hit this point that I'm about to share with you, and I wept in the middle of, of Scraggle Pop, actual tears. I, I haven't done this in a long time. But do you all remember a few weeks back, right, we were doing the, uh, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. We did that series. And so uh, I, I actually preached one of those messages in the series. And do you all remember, you probably don't because I preached it, but... The name that I was given was Jesus the Savior. You guys remember that? We broke down the name Jesus the Savior. Um, but if you remember, the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. Everyone say Yeshua. Remember we broke it down like this. I think it's on the screen. Yeshua. Yeshua translated from Hebrew to the common Greek is Isus. Everyone say Isus. Isus. And so we go from Yeshua to Isus, and that's where um, Isus translated from the common Greek is where we get the name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. We all know that name, right? Um, but now look back at Jonah chapter 2 and verse 9. I need you to look at verse 9. This is where Yeshua comes into play. This is where Isus enters the scene. And this is where Jesus does what only he can do. You see, the story of Jonah only gave a glimpse of the salvation to come for us. Don't believe me? Look, flip, the, flip real quick to Matthew chapter 12 and look at verse 38. Really quick, I'll give you a, a, a real quick second to get there. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38. It's on the screen if you don't have a Bible. But anyways, this is um, Matthew chapter 12 verse 38. One day... Some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus. So these are the religious people of this time. But one day these, these religious people come to Jesus and they said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. They wanted him to perform a miracle. He had already performed miracles 
way back, like if you read earlier chapters, he had already performed certain miracles. But Jesus replied, verse 39, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give to them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Verse 48, for as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on the judgment day and condemn it. For they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater is here, but you refuse to repent. Jesus says, yeah, the, even those, those sinful Ninevites, those nasty people that you all look down on, and even Jonah didn't want to go preach to them because they were so nasty. Which, by the way, like, Jesus says, yeah, those sinful, those nasty people, they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Which, by the way, that salvation that Jonah was preaching, this is, this is kind of what Jesus was getting at. By the way, that salvation that Jonah was preaching was really me. It was really me. And now that I'm here, even you religious people refuse to repent. So yes, there are some similarities and differences between Jesus and Jonah. And so we'll look at a few of them real quick. Look, both were, were willing to sacrifice their lives to satisfy the wrath of God. Remember, Jonah said, throw me overboard, right? Throw me overboard and this whole thing will go away. And Jesus sacrificed his life for the whole, the whole world. Both spent three days and three nights in their, in their tomb. Um, and both were, were resurrection, were resurrected, right? Jonah didn't actually die, but he was spit out of the belly of the fish. But there were differences. Look, Jonah was a man and Jesus was both God and man. Jonah sinned against God, but Jesus was sinless. Jonah's tomb was the belly of a fish, but Jesus died and was buried in that tomb. Jonah was spit out of the fish because of God's power. Jesus rose from the dead on his own accord, but by that same power, making him both God and man. Jonah ministered to one city. Jesus gave his life for the whole world. Jesus was, or Jonah was the messenger of God's wrath for Nineveh. Jesus was the satisfaction of God's wrath for the whole world. And so what does that mean for us? What does that mean to, to us today? What did it mean to the people in Jesus' time as he's speaking? Um, but we do have those R words, if you remember, rebellion. All of us, every single person in this room has been like Jonah and we have rebelled against God. Romans 3.23, some of you could quote it, but I'll read it. For everyone has sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Every single person in this room has fallen short of the glory of God and we all have rebelled against God. We are like Jonah. We are not Jonah, but we have that same sinful heart. There is no good in you. I don't care what your teachers tell you, your mom and dad tell you, or those TikTok influencers tell you. There is no good or little warrior inside of you that you need to build up and bring out. There is no good in you whatsoever. And that's not how it all works. Like, you know, most of you in here know what the Word of God says, and yet you still rebel against it daily. Every single day you're still rebelling against the Word of God. And some of us know it too, and we try to run from God like Jonah did. We try to get as far away from church or as far away as we can as the people that we know that are Christians. I don't want to be around with them. They're too Christian for me. 
I don't want to be around them. They know more scripture than me. I don't want to be around them because what you see in that person is what you know that you should be doing. And yet you run from it. And some of us, like, we run from it, but it all leads to that feeling of emptiness. It all brings us to the dark belly of that fish, to the the deepest part of the earth. We heard it in Jonah's prayer. We all have thought, felt, or said something exactly like what Jonah said. But thank God that there is mercy. Our word number two was repentance. Look, Jonah rebelled against God, and he realized what he did, and he repented of his sin. Jonah had a heart change inside the belly of a fish. We can't even get a heart change sitting in our comfortable seats. But anyways, Jonah had a heart change and he went to preach the word after the fish spit him out. There's a difference between remorse and repentance. Everybody say remorse. Remorse. Everybody say repentance. There is a difference between these two things. See, a lot of us end up crying out to God like Jonah did. A lot of us say, God, I'm so sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry that I stole that candy bar. I'm so sorry that I, I punched my little sister in the face. Now, if you were in the high school boys tag, you'll, you'll understand that. But anyways, I'm sorry that I, I can't get these lustful thoughts out of my head. I can't stop doing these lustful things. I can't stop thinking about money. I can't stop thinking about my future and controlling it. And so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you sit down and you come up with all these ways. Man, I won't look at that. I won't be around these people. I'm going to read my Bible 30 times a day. I'm going to pray 30 times a day. And you come up with all these action plans. And yet your heart is never changed. And you find yourself right back in the same sin. You see, a lot of us fall into remorse, which leads to, uh, for a short amount of time, the change of actions instead of a change of heart. Listen, Jonah repented. He cried out to God and his actions changed. He went to the city of Nineveh. He confessed that salvation belonged to the Lord alone. He then submitted himself back to the will of God and preached to the city of Nineveh. Listen, God is calling all of us tonight to recognize our rebellion and to know that you have sinned against God. Listen, the same salvation that was true for Jonah in the belly of a fish is the same salvation that is still received today. That, that, that Yeshua, that Jesus, that, that Jesus, that word used there is salvation. And so have you received Jesus today? Have you received that salvation, that, that same salvation that Jonah received in the belly of a fish? It looks a little different now. I'm not saying you need to go get swallowed by a fish to be saved. But uh, have you believed in Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus? And if not, I, I'm calling you to tonight. Stop, stop playing around. April and I and um, I, I, Drew were talking earlier and April shared a story about how she was sitting in a sermon one time and the preacher preached on what if you went home and you died tonight I'm not trying to scare you into Jesus but this is a reality that happens what if you went home and you died tonight and and one of her friends or someone that she knew said ah man you know I'll just give my life to Jesus later I'll do it later when I get older well that that guy according to April died in a car wreck on his way home that night he didn't get that chance to make that decision later Listen, Matt texted me, and I'll, I'll read it to you. And it's, he was talking about me preaching, but it's the same true for you all today when it comes to giving your life to Jesus. He said, 
Thanks for taking every, care of everything, but listen to this part. Preach like Jesus died yesterday. Preach like Jesus rose this morning. And preach like he's coming back tomorrow. Well, I, I challenge you, and I'm going to close with this. Live like Jesus died yesterday. Live like he rose this morning. And live like he's coming back tomorrow. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for this account of Jonah's life that we can apply to ours. Lord, I pray that we, no matter how good we think we are, Lord, that we know that we have a rebellion in us. Um, God, I pray that that rebellion, that we would turn away from that and turn to you in repentance. Lord, I pray for every heart in here that does not know you, that does not have a relationship with you, would come to know you, Lord. God, I pray that we would, that we would live like you died yesterday, like you're, you're raising and you're gonna rise again this morning and that you'll be there tomorrow. God, I, I pray that we would not take the story of Jonah and treat it like an old parable or just a story. God, we believe that it really happened and that that same salvation that, that Yeshua, the Isus, the Jesus is available to us today. And so God, I pray that we would open our hearts to that salvation. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.